Um, that's not one of the doubts that I wanted to talk with you about today, but I was thinking about it. I thought, you know, a little bit of teaching on this wouldn't hurt. And Kevin, what I was saying was stuffed animal. Stuffed animal. I forgot my stuffed animal. Okay. Um, so I was going to teach, and y'all will know why I forgot it in a minute. I have a good husband who will go get me things, but I was like, stuffed animal. He's like, what? I've asked for a lot of things, but never my stuffed animal in worship. I wanted to, I wanted to teach you a little bit, just real quick, about, because this is not going to be the last end times prophecy we hear, and so I wanted you to be ready. I had an alpha course, and they were like, tell me about this end times thing. We're coming up on another one in 2012. And so write down these scriptures, okay? This is just real quick before the message. Deuteronomy 18, 21. This is how to tell true prophets from false prophets. Um, remember, this guy predicted the end of the world in 1994, and it didn't happen, okay? Listen to this from Deuteronomy 18:21. You may wonder, how will we know whether the prophecy is from the Lord or not? How do we know? Um, it says, if the prophet predicts something in the Lord's name and it does not happen, the Lord did not give the message. That prophet has spoken on his own and need not be feared. Um, oftentimes, if you're going to predict something as phenomenal as the end of the world, God would give you some other proofs before that point that God was really speaking through you, okay? So just remember Deuteronomy 18.21, how do we know true from false prophecy? Because I do believe there are true prophets out there. Oftentimes, though, prophecy is not about foretelling the future. It's about forthtelling. It's about hearing truths that are uncomfortable for us. Um, it's about hearing how we need to change. It's not necessarily about the end of the world. Because look at this. Let's go to Matthew 24. This is actually in two of the Gospels. The disciples have asked Jesus, how are they going to know when the end is coming? And I want you to hear this. Matthew 24, write this down. 36. However, so he's talking about what's going to happen. And Jesus says, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Jesus doesn't know when the end is coming. So who told Mr. Camping, right? So remember, thank you, remember when you hear these prophecies of the end, Jesus didn't know when the end would come. The important thing is that we are always ready. And the one thing I told the Alpha folks is, if somebody predicted it's May 21st, the one thing we know is it won't be May 21st because we're expecting it. It's going to happen when we're not expecting it. And it's not something to be afraid of. It's a, it's a time of rejoicing when Jesus returns. Does that help you all a little bit? Next time, you're going to be ready. And when people are like, ah, you'll be like, hey, let me look, show us this scripture. You know, and you can go there and you won't even need me to tell you this. Okay, we're going to wait a little while until we get to the scripture we're going to read today. But I want to talk about another newsmaker before that. Did you all see the quote by Stephen Hawking this week? Okay. Stephen Hawking is a, is a really world-renowned physicist, and he is 69 years old, and he has been suffering with ALS since the age of 21. So he is a great thinker of our time, and he was being interviewed by The Guardian magazine, and I thought this segued so well into the talks that we've been doing. If you're joining us for the first time, we're using the month of May as a time to examine the doubts that we have. And one of the biggest doubts that we have is when we have to face death. And so Stephen Hawking was being, they interviewed him and they were asking him, the Guardian did, are you afraid of dying? And this is what he said. I have lived with the prospect of an early death for the last 49 years. I'm not afraid of death. 
And he went on to say he wasn't necessarily looking forward to dying because he had a lot to do, but he, he's not afraid of it. And then he said this, I regard the brain as a computer which will stop working when its components fail. There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That is a fairy story for people who are afraid of the dark. Okay. I remember when I was afraid of the dark. I used to be. When I was a kid, I was five or six, and I confirmed with my mom that this was true because this is how I remembered it. I was apparently, my fear, all of us have different fears, right? Tell me some of the things you were afraid of when you were little. Fire. Tornadoes. Yeah, that's, who had tornadoes? See, that's an interesting one. Yeah, what else? A guy under the bed. A guy under the bed. Okay. A guy under the bed. Anybody? Something under the bed? Okay. Boogeyman under the bed. Yeah. Did you? Anybody else? Had? Lightning. Okay. So we have some natural things. Any, what else were y'all afraid of when you were little? Spiders. At night or just any time? All the time. Okay. Roaches, I'd add into that. I, I once saw a swarm of them like actually attack my mother, so it was frightening. I'll tell you about that someday. She was very brave. You know what I was afraid of? Drive-by shootings. Yeah, I lived in San Antonio, and apparently I had seen the news too much. Pretty much if you turn on the TV at night at San Antonio, somebody has been gunned down during the day. The thing I didn't realize is that they didn't really live in my neighborhood, that I lived in a pretty safe neighborhood. And I mean, it didn't matter. Mom could lock the doors and everything. My sister was sleeping right next to me, and I was afraid of stray bullets coming in and killing me. That was just what I was afraid of when I was like five or six years old. So I devised a way to deal with my fears. And it was, I had a lot of stuffed animals. And I made a ring, a protective ring, all around the outside of my body and my head of stuffed animals. I surrounded myself. And even though I was just five or six years old, I thought strategically. I decided that the animals that I loved the best would be most likely to take a bullet for me. You know, if the gun, and they would see it coming and they wouldn't jump out of the way, so I put those by my heart, right? Because they would protect me the best on either side. Now, um, I'm way too old for this now. Actually, thank goodness Kevin doesn't have to deal with, like, a phobia of me having, you know, like, surrounded by stuffed animals, don't break the barrier, you know? I mean, I don't do that anymore. And yet, and yet, though we are not afraid of the boogeyman, we might still be afraid of spiders, um, tornadoes, those are actually things that could happen, but most nights they don't keep us up. But other things do, don't they? There are nights, and it, it seems to me that most people have more problems at night, because the, in the day the light, you have the light and you have a lot of distractions, and at night all the distractions are gone, and you're alone with what's keeping you up at night. And a lot of times those are different worries, worries about your jobs, worry about your kids, worried about relationships. But sometimes that's because you're up because you're worried about dying or somebody else dying. And it gets worse at night. And we know that not just a stuffed animal is going to help us. But what I wanted to tell you is that, first of all, the Bible says death is our ultimate enemy. Like if you had a post office, you know, listing, enemy number one, death, our ultimate enemy. That's because death gets every single one of us. No escaping it. Someday, death will get me. Someday, death will get you. Your kids, your grandkids, our kids in children's church, death is coming for all of us. And that is so frightening because we have never known anything but being alive. 
my mom used to kind of ask us, I guess she had, she was a baby Christian, so when we were little, we started talking, she tried to ask us about what heaven might have been like, you know, like, do we remember anything else? We don't. We don't remember anything except for this life, and so to think of it coming to an end is deeply frightening. It's deeply scary, and that's when we can have doubts. A lot of, I have actually talked to kids who are six years old, and this is more common than you would think, five or six years old and are afraid of dying. A lot of times we get to be a little older before we get afraid. We kind of have that invisibility thing. Not invisibility, that sounded like invisibility, but invincibility. And it takes someone who is close to us dying, someone who we love deeply, or a friend, and then we realize I'm mortal, and it's deeply frightening. And so one thing we could do is just try to hide from that, but we said during this time we're not going to hide from it, we're going to face it. And I have a lot of reassuring things to tell you that I don't think are a ring of stuffed animals. Because that's what Stephen Hawking said, right? He said that everybody here in this room, if you believe in heaven, you are weak. Basically, he's saying what, what people of faith are doing is they're creating this ring of stuffed animals who are going to take the bullet for them. You're afraid of the dark. I disagree. I think it's a lot more than that. But if, if it isn't, then we have some hard realities to be facing pretty soon. I don't think that's true. The first encouraging thing is that when Jesus faced death, let's look at what he did. Okay? That's where we're going to go back to the Bible. So I'd, I'd invite y'all to open up your Bibles. Let's make sure I have the right passage because I have a lot of them in here. Mark 14, chapter, or verse 32. This is the night that Jesus is going to be taken, and the next day he will be killed. And he knew full well that that was what was going to happen. So he's had his last meal with his disciples, and he's gone into the garden to pray. And what I want you to see is his emotional response to this, to knowing that he would die. And they came to an olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be filled with horror and deep distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell face down on the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the offer hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet, not, yet I want your will, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay awake and watch with me for even one hour? Keep alert and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed, repeating his pleadings. And he returned to them and found them sleeping, for they just couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Still sleeping, still resting, enough. The time has come. I, the Son of Man, am betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. See, my betrayer is here. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <coughs> so, did you notice the words that were used to describe Jesus in that passage? horrified. He was horrified. He was distressed. 
Um, that's what it says. He was filled with horror and deep distress. Others say deeply troubled and distressed. Now think about what you know of Jesus, the things that he has faced. Um, when there are mobs of people who want to stone him, when they, they give him, when the Pharisees set up their trick questions, that they could haul them away, him away at that very point. Um, when the storm is raging, what is Jesus doing on that boat? And the disciples are saying, we're going to die, we're going to die. And he's asleep. Um, when there are 5,000 hungry people to be fed, when he's teaching about some of the most difficult things, all of these times, from what the picture we get of Jesus, he didn't really break a sweat facing all of those things. He was always calm. He was always confident. And we get to this night when he's going to die, and that's not what we see, is it? He felt the way we feel when we think about death. He was terrified. He's praying here, Abba, that's like the word daddy, dad, father. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. I don't want to die. There's a David Crowder song. It says everybody, actually it's an older one, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And it says in there, even Jesus, Jesus didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. He knew how terrible it was. The only other time we hear those words used of Jesus are when he's confronted with his friend's death. Then it's just part of it that he was deeply disturbed. But when Lazarus died and he was standing at his grave, that's when Jesus was deeply disturbed. He was deeply disturbed by death. So if you are afraid of dying, contrary to what Stephen Hawking says, that's okay. That's a very human response. Is that where God wants you to stay? Just like horrified and paralyzed with fear? No, not at all. So let's look at how Jesus prayed. First of all, he knew what to do. He didn't just sit and wrap himself up and say, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. He said, I need to go pray because I know what will help me. Who will help me is God. And he was very honest with God. Again, I'd encourage you, be honest in your prayers. Jesus says, man, I don't want to, God, Daddy, I don't want to do this. And then he ends with, but I want your will, not mine. And it says he went back and he prayed that. Sometimes in the gospel accounts he prays it once, sometimes up to three times, the same prayer. Everything is possible. Please take this cup of suffering away, but I want your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. That's important, I think. Jesus was 33 years old. 33 years old. It's quite a different thing to die at 33 than to die at 85, 93. It wasn't, he hadn't, he had lived a very great life, but he hadn't lived the whole of it. But he was able to face death at that point because he knew that God was with him. And he knew that that wouldn't be the end. You see, he wasn't afraid of dying for the reasons a lot of us are afraid of dying. It wasn't because he thought there might be nothing, that we might be broken down computers. It was because he was about to die in a very brutal way. It wasn't the what came after. It was the dying, the being murdered that he was afraid of. And so he says, help me. And when his followers were frightened before this, he looks around the table and he sees they're scared. Remember what he says? He says to them, don't worry, don't worry, I'm going to go ahead of you, and by the time you come, I'll have a place ready for you, so don't worry. And he knew that when they saw this, they would be terrified, and so he spoke those words, don't be afraid, don't worry, I'm going to go first, and I'll take care of this for you. 
So first of all, it's okay to be afraid, right? But second, I don't think God wants us to stay there. If we feel afraid when we see death, that's normal. Even Jesus was. But then we need to take that to God and ask God for strength because that's what Jesus did. He said, not my will but yours. And see when he comes out, he was, and when he, when he begins to pray, he's filled with horror and deep distress. And then as he walks forward to face the betrayal, he's confident again. He's strong. See, that's what God can give us. God can say, it's okay. Because if death is the ultimate enemy, is it mine to face it down? Will I beat it? I'm not going to beat it, y'all. You're not going to beat it. But Christ overcame death. So what I want to remind you is, if you're afraid, that's okay. Take it to God and then remember, we have someone who has triumphed over death, who was killed and raised back to life again. And the Bible says 500 people saw this. I mean, they saw him. Everybody saw him die. And then 500 people saw him alive again. He really came back. Death killed him. It couldn't hold him. So when I think about being afraid of dying, I remember, you know what? That's okay. That's normal. But I don't need to fight death. Christ has done that for me. Jesus has done that for me. Here's another thing to think about. Um, this is the next part of it, I think. So it's okay to be afraid, but remember, if death is the ultimate enemy, Christ has destroyed death. That can strengthen us. And then look at how Jesus, what Jesus is talking about when he returns to life again. You'd think maybe he'd be still talking to them about, here's what it was like to die, and, you know, here's it's okay, and blah, blah, blah. And actually, he doesn't talk about death one more time. When he returns, he's talking about life. This is what, this is what it says. You know this passage because it's in the end of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. To me, that's, that's the best answer for if we are afraid of dying, is that when Jesus returns, he's not talking about death anymore. He's talking about how to live our lives. You see, Stephen Hawking is right. If all my faith is, is assurance for when I die that it's going to be okay, then that's kind of sad for me. If all believing in God is, is about when we die, we've missed the point. Because when Jesus came back to life, he didn't tell us how to die. He told us how to live how to live. He said, you're going to live by going out in my name. I have authority and power. I'm giving it to you. Tell everybody you can this good news. Teach them. And I will be with you always in this age and forever, even to the end of this age, he said, right? This is one of the reasons I admire my father-in-law so much, Kevin's dad. Kevin's, we lost Kevin's dad about a year ago, a little over a year ago, to pancreatic cancer. And he was um, a wonderful witness to me of what it meant to face death. Because he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and they said um, to him, are you going to need some sleeping pills? Y'all know that pancreatic cancer is really bad. It often, 
Um, often people die in like three months, five months. And he said, no, I'll be okay. And he really was. He really was okay. And in fact, he lived seven years with pancreatic cancer. And during that time, um, he was cheerful. I mean, he celebrated every day. He said, I never thought I'd live to see my grandchildren, and I've gotten to see two of them and talk to them. And he would just celebrate the joys in life. And he had always told people about Christ everywhere he could. He was volunteering, um, so he was doing it with his actions, and he was also talking when he could. And cancer didn't stop that. And I have one of his last talks. I thought I'd read you a little bit of it because it's so neat. He was talking to some college kids, and this is what he said. Um, Kevin's dad. I see more clearly than before what real peace is. Real peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of the promises of Christ that have been fulfilled. This is the biggest lesson I've learned from this experience. It may not seem relevant to many of you because you are young, strong, and vigorous. Remember, college kids. But the day will come when this is not the case. And I want you to remember this. Death is not scary. Death and I have looked each other right into the eyes, and there is nothing to be afraid of. Nothing, because the curse of death has been destroyed. I had this friend, I said almost everybody's afraid of dying, but it's not true. People who have died and come back, you know, who have had those near-death experiences, they're not afraid, actually. My friend Val Johnson is a pastor and is one of those, and I met her when I was probably 23, and she said, she, we were talking about all kinds of pastoral care, and she said, you know, I've died. Like, really? I, I've always thought that was kind of scary. And she said, actually, I always did too. And she had a weak heart. And she said, I was on the operating table, and I, I remember that the drugs weren't working, and so I remember the pain. So I remember how much pain I was in because her heart was stopping. And I guess the drugs weren't working, so she could remember this. And she said, all of a sudden, it stopped. And I was warm, and I was safe, and I felt so loved, and I knew I was going to be with God. And she had a little girl at this time. She was married and had a little daughter, and she said, Laura, the crazy thing was, I knew, I didn't even, it, I mean, that sounds terrible, but she was like, I was okay. You know, I knew it would all be okay. And then she said, then I realized I had to come back, and it hurt again. And she said, but always remember, dying is not bad. Dying is not bad. Y'all have seen people when they're dying um, who say it's wonderful or who see their friends or who see their relatives. They come for them. Dying is not something to be afraid of, but I'm telling you, we're not shutting off like computers. There is more. There is more. It's natural to be afraid, but God can overcome those fears. And here's how. By remembering that when Jesus faced death, he was scared too. He knew where to go. He went to God with it. By remembering that he has now faced down death and triumphed and beaten it. So we don't have to beat death. Jesus is going to do that. And then remembering that our faith in God is not just about what happens when we die. It's about life now. Life now to the fullest. And to the fullest means without being afraid. Let's pray. Dear God, we, help, we pray that um, you would help us when we're afraid be it afraid of dying or afraid of what comes next or um, afraid for a situation we have created, that you would help us. But especially we pray that you would be with those of us who are afraid of dying, 
and that you would bring your comfort and your strength, that um, we would realize that we can trust you when you say that you're going to prepare a place for us. And we're looking forward to that place, Lord. As we await that day, since the world has not ended, then we pray that you would help us not think about dying, but about living. And that our life could be life to the full, because it's life in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.